0: Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life in order to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are new to One of a Kind You, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. I'm super excited to have you here as well. And for all my new listeners, usually the way that One of a Kind You works is that I read a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago, and then I share with you what I wish I had known then that I know now. However, today we are doing things a little differently here on One of a Kind You because we have a special guest, one of my good friends, Miss Amira, and she and I are going to be chatting about keeping the spark alive. So um, Amira and I met through a networking group and it was instant connection because we have so many things in common. And one of the things that we have in common is that we, well, I used to be a peer romance consultant and she still is a peer romance consultant and, um, we're moms and just, it was just instant connections. So, um, usually when in the networking group, you connect with someone and then you keep each other in your, um, your, uh, who do I know list, but with Amira, it was different. It was, yep. I know her, but now she's on my friends list. So it was a different relationship dynamic. So, um, without further ado, welcome, Amira. I am so glad to have you here on One of a Kind. You.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to be here. It's always fun when you like listen to something, and then you get to be in it. I'm like, oh, I feel a little famous now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you feel famous. (laughs) So, um, so Amira, like I mentioned, you are a pure romance consultant. So tell us how you got started that because when people heard that I was a pure romance consultant, they would either give me the eyes bug out of their head look like, Oh, my word, uh, I have to run away from you. Or, you know, also kind of look surprised, like, really, you are tell me more. So how did you get started on that journey?
1: So I had like a kind of weird journey, even for other people that get into sort of like network marketing or start their own business. Um, So I was a stay at home mom, brand new at it. So I had had just given birth to my second child and I quit my job because we just didn't want to pay for daycare. It was going to kind of be a wash. So I had been home for about uh, two months and I was not loving it. I have to admit, I really struggled with it. Yeah. I felt very lonely. Mm-hmm. I, um, I felt very weird about the finances because I went from yes. making my own money to like feeling like I had to ask my husband for permission for things. Yeah. Even though and I did true. Yeah. I did want to point out. Yeah. Like it was not him doing that. It was like my hangups.
0: Yeah. So I saw
1: it on TV actually, which is really weird. And, uh, it was like, Oh, the new Tupperware party. Oh. Oh, how fun. You know, like I, uh, I've always been like really fascinated with like physical intimacy and how that works. Like when I was in high school, I would be like devouring Cosmo and getting all the bad information. And then (laughs) (laughs) as I got older, you know, I like, it was always like a passing interest for me. So I was like, how fun that it like, you know, I could have girl talk and, you know, tell my husband I have to go because it's work. And you know, make money so I could buy shoes and bags and I don't have to explain myself to him. And yes, um, yeah, so I like Googled and found a company I liked and, you know, the rest is history. It's been over 14 years now and I'm still at it now. It's more of a, it's less of a side gig and it's a, a full-time profession, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's been great. Thank God for TV. Right.
0: Right. Well, and kudos to you because 14 years in, um, a direct sales type of business is a very long time. Most consultants don't last that long. And I only lasted three years. And then I was like changing, like needed to change direction. Um, but, but I started very much for the same reason that you did. I wanted to get out of the house. I wanted, it was something that was mine and only mine. Cause as a stay at home, mom, I felt like I didn't have anything that belonged specifically to me. Yeah. And that gave me that, but I went to a friend's party actually. And, um, the consultant, she was like, so would you ever consider doing what I'm doing? And I, I scoffed at her. I was like, no, (laughs) Uh, what? I am a girl scout leader for my daughter's group. (laughs) Like I could never, I was like, but I'll have a party (laughs) and then have the party. And then had all my friends over and we all had a great time again. And after a week, I was like, you know what? I think I could do this because I got to thinking like I did sex education in college on a college campus so like this is just the adult version of that yes hello sign me up and so it was a great like I, I loved it um but just needed it was time for me to transition I got everything I needed and then was ready for something else so just kudos to you for making it 14 years and for having an impact because um it's definitely needed with relationships and awareness. And because I learned, I was like, I did sexual health on college campuses. Like I know about sexual health, but at that first party, I actually learned a lot that I didn't know. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I learned something new. Yeah. Like just the importance of lubricant. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like game changer. I was like, Oh, how did I not know this? And like the different types of lubricant, like how did I not know? And so, yeah, mind blown. I was like, oh, I'm learning. And so that was also a really cool part of it too, that you learn while you're there.
1: And you, I still learn things all the time and it's still an opportunity for me to kind of grow. And it's, it's beyond like, oh, this is a fun thing. And I'm not like trying to yuck in anybody's yum, but I don't think, um, I didn't choose my profession for the opportunity of doing like the network marketing or the, yes. I had no idea what any of that was. Um, but it is like sexual education is like so important to me. I, and yeah, you said like college, what people didn't know in college, but you know, if I'm going to be really honest, you know, I have clients in their forties, fifties, sixties, and they don't know either because it's just we never talk about it. Yes. And it's it's so weird that something so important to our like it's literally the foundation for life. Yes. <laughs> but we yes. can't talk about it. And I really I know um, it it is a lot. Like I could get on my soapbox and be here all day about how I want to be a crusader for women's sexuality, but I know we're on a time crunch and <laughs> So I'll dial it down a little. It's all good. I'd be the real mirror because that's what I love about you.
0: So actually though, um, part of sexual health and sexual knowledge as a, as a woman is having that intimate relationship with your partner. And don't worry, listeners, we're not going to get X rated. We're keeping it PG. (laughs) Actually, we'll try and keep it G because we know that children, you know, as moms, busy moms with kids in tow, you never know when a child is going to be listening. So if you are concerned, no worries. It is family friendly. So the reason that um, Amira and I are chatting today is because um it's so important and i struggled with this and there are times where my husband and i still struggle with keeping that spark alive and so i wanted amir to come on today and and share with us some things that she knows about that aspect of relationships and intimate health um because and i don't know if you have the same experience amira but after lily was born my first daughter. I feel my husband and I did a a good job of keeping the spark alive, um, with physical intimacy. But then after Casey was born the second child, uh, things just, it didn't play out that same way. And I was more tired, excuse me, more tired, And I don't know if that's because my job at that time was way more stressful. And then I was leaving the job and adjusting to being a stay-at-home mom, but the spark was much harder to keep ignited after the second baby um, than it was after the
1: first. Yeah, of course. You're putting more on your plate. Yeah. Um, There's a lot more going on. And I think the further and further you get into a relationship, the more and more you can kind of become business partners. Yes. Yes. And if it's okay with you, and maybe your listeners can rest a little easily knowing like, I, I promise to keep a G rated. Yeah. I would like to really kind of focus on just keeping like the emotional intimacy there. Yes. Because then the physical intimacy comes and touch can be part of that. And it is an important component. But when we're not feeling connected as a couple, for a lot of us women, it's very hard To feel connected in the bedroom. Yeah. It will not get our motor running.
0: No, it will not. And um I have a girlfriend who schedules. Like she and her husband have a schedule, and it's like Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday is their night for intimacy. And for me, that does not work. I need spontaneity. So Um, I'm like, well, I'm glad that works for you, but I refuse to have a schedule (laughs) Refuse, And I just think then I know, like, and this is where I I learned in pure romance, the difference, like um, women were very mental and men are more on the physical side. So if I know like that mental thing, like I know it's coming, it's more of an anticipation thing than a spontaneity thing. And then it doesn't feel, I don't know, for me that just didn't work. So, um, And I feel like that, too, doesn't really bring in the emotional intimacy piece either.
1: You have to set, like, the groundwork, too. Yes. And I think you also, it's smart to understand yourself and what is going to go for you. Now, when I say, like, spending quality time together to maybe lead to, like, I am not adverse to putting sex on your calendar. Yeah. Because sometimes I think if it's a matter of we're never going to do it. We're going to do it and it's not going to be very romantic. I'm like, okay, well, take the lesser of two evils and mark it on there. But I think even better, again, is that importance of scheduling time together. Yes. That isn't necessarily, again, that physical intimacy, but it's other things that, again, have you feeling more connected to your relationship Mm -hmm. and less just off in the world. And that is always my first tip for, for my clients or at my speaking and events is put your date night or your, your time together, mark it on the calendar. And when I did it with my husband, he really had a problem with it at first. If I'm gonna be, oh. he was like, oh, that's super romantic. You wanna schedule me in? So, um, but then I explained to him, I said, well, Yes. Because I put things that are important to me on my calendar when, yes, when I have work or I have business conferences or whatever, they go on the calendar. But when I'm going to go have lunch with my girlfriends or, you know, I'm, I, there's this party I don't want to miss or any of that, I put those on the calendar too. Because I'm making sure I'm carving out this time for what's important to me and you're important to me. And that's why I'm going to make sure it's on this schedule. So come hell or high water, we're spending time together. And I think once I was able to explain that to him, Mm -hmm. that it's not a chore on my to-do list. It's something I'm excited about and I don't want to miss. Yes. That made it a lot better. (laughs) Yes. I, I
0: completely understand. And so, um, yes, I've And that was what my husband and I did. We scheduled date nights together on the calendar. And then if it led to other things, fantastic. But there was no pressure or obligation there for it to be those other things. And so that for me works much better because it gives some flexibility and some time to connect. And what we tried to do um, when it was like the spark just didn't feel like it was burning as strongly as we wanted it. Um, we planned an in-home date night, and then we planned an out-of- home date night. So we had at least those two things on the calendar every month. And so for in-home date nights, that meant no TV and no cell phones. And we had uh, we have it still and use it sometimes, is a date night jar. So anytime we thought of an idea for a date night, whether it's in- home or not, we would write it on a popsicle stick and put it in the jar. And so if we were having an in-home date night, we weren't really sure what to do. We would pull a popsicle stick and whatever we pulled, that would be what we did. And it might be puzzles or board games or cooking a dessert together, or it might've been a movie. Like we had a popsicle stick that said like rom-com night. And so we made a blanket fort on the floor and watched a romantic comedy. And so it was just those things that allowed us to connect um, outside of like the usual daily grind,
1: yeah, I love those. Um, I like your popsicle stick. That seems really fun. The other <laughs> it's thing, a kindergarten that, teacher in me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to stress to people that um, because a lot of times too, we'll get like, oh, take a romantic weekend together, and mm-hmm. oh, you know, do these elaborate dates and things like that, and that's all well and good, but different people at different times too. So as much as I think a date night, like every week is amazing. If you don't have time for that, or you don't have childcare for that, or you don't 15, 20 minutes, half an hour a day. Like if you look at your count, you can find 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. I promise to get on the same page. And you just say, okay, for this 20 minutes, you know, my husband and I have very crazy schedules. And sometimes we can't sandwich in a date, or sometimes he's gone for six weeks out of town and we're still trying to keep connected. So mm-hmm. our big thing is like, we do our New York times crossword puzzle together. So we can do it from like far away, but we set that time where, you know, we've been in different countries, different continents. And we say, okay, this is the schedule or meeting this time. We're getting together, you know, we're on the phone and in our app and we're doing our crossword puzzle together, like something that simple. Or if you can take 10 minutes to just talk to each other about your day, Mm -hmm. small is better than nothing. And sometimes we get lost in the sauce looking for these like grand gestures that we just don't have the time, the money or the bandwidth for. So keep it as easy as possible.
0: Yes. It's like the Pinterest rabbit hole. And sometimes, you know, we get stuck in that looking for, um, the answer or the suggestion, or we see on social media, people's highlight reels of, you know, their relationship with their partner. And then sometimes we translate that into what the reality is when it's like, no, that's just a little snippet. That was a moment in time that they selected to share, but it's not always like that. Um, And even if it is always like that, that's okay. That's their journey. That's not your journey. So finding that balance in looking on the Pinterest, you know, Pinterest pin boards for date night ideas, but not getting so wrapped up in it that it's then becomes so overwhelming. And then you're like, well, that's it. I just can't do it at all. We just can't do it because it's not, it's not this Pinterest worthy thing. And it can be just something very simple. Like my husband and I play words with friends. Yeah. (laughs) had the app with games running for five years like it's been a crazy long time that we every time we we just start a new game once the one ends and it just keeps going and um, I love Boggle And so I just, um, downloaded the boggle app and he saw me playing it this week and he was like, can we play that together? And I'm thinking to myself, "Hmm, boggle is mine, but I was like, Oh no, he actually (laughs) wants to do it with me. So I'm like, sure, we can play together. So I invited him to the app and he got himself all set up. So we haven't had our first boggle match yet, but I am going to win because I am the bomb at boggle.
1: So (laughs) (laughs) That's how I am with Scrabble, which is why my husband does not play words with friends with me anymore. It's funny because I am like, that with Scrabble too. I learned
0: from my dad and he is, he is like, he could win, go so far in a Scrabble championship. And so we joke that I like, I learned from the best. And so when we play, my husband and I play Scrabble on a game board, I, I kill it. But when we yeah. play words with friends, he usually ends up beating me because he has more time to sit there and think of words and like process everything where in the moment, I know the strategies of Scrabble. So when we're playing in real time on the actual board, I just go for it. And he's like, oh, I like the app better. So, <laughs> um, so yes, we'll have to
1: play sometime Amira. Yes. Challenge accepted. Love it. So,
0: okay. So emotional connection, making, you know, making time, even if it's just something small. So what else, um, can we do if we are wanting to keep the spark going and, uh, keep that connection strong and healthy
1: love language? Yes. If you have not read the five love languages, I highly recommend it. Um, I remember I took some some nudging to get my husband to read it. He also loves it. So he's a military man. So he's very much your stereotypical military, like uber masculine, whatever. And he Uh was running around telling all the guys at work about it. I love it. It's so important to understand your love language and your partners. Because this is, it seems to be like, The most common way things get lost in translation is Mm -hmm. you don't feel, if you're not feeling appreciated, chances are now, I, you know, I don't know everybody's life. If they really don't appreciate you, that's an issue worth evaluating. But a lot of times it's like, you want to hear how great you are because words of Mm -hmm. affirmation are your love language, but he thinks like gifts are his or what he thinks. So he keeps bringing you flowers and it is, it's like, he's speaking German to you. You're just not getting it. So understanding both how you feel loved so that you can convey that to them and then understanding how they feel loved. So, you know, you're speaking their language to them is really going to go a long way to building that connection and don't always assume that your partner's is physical touch. Again, that physical connection is a key component for all of us, but in ways it can be separate. Like I don't touch is not my love language. I'm like a zero on touch, but that does not mean there's going to be no physical intimacy in my house. That is kind of like a separate thing. Yes.
0: Yes. Mine is quality time with specifically quality talk. Like I want to be talked with, I want to conversate and I want to feel like I am being heard and seen and all those things. And where my husband's love language actually is physical touch based on the five love languages quiz. So he um, is very, what he tends to do if he's not using awareness is that he will try to use his physical touch, love language to show me that he loves me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. like, I don't want you to touch me. I want you to talk to me, like, talk to me. And so what I end up doing sometimes is I realize that then I am using my love language of talk with him and he is a man of few words. And so then I have to remember like, oh no. And a physical touch can just be something as simple as holding hands while watching TV. And so the book was when I read the five love languages, I was blown away because I saw where the disconnect was, is that we weren't speaking the right language for each other. It was like, we were speaking foreign languages to each other. And so that was a huge awareness piece. And just an aside, they actually have a five love languages book for kids, which I have, but I haven't read it yet. Um, but I kind of can gauge my kids love languages just based on reading the five love languages that is the adult version.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other thing too, with the, is when you understand your love language, a really good indication of what you need for self-care. And I, I know Kim talks about this so much. That's why I wasn't really getting into it, but your self-care, making sure that you feel good about where you are and you are loving on yourself is going to do a lot for your relationship too, because, um, (laughs) I always like a little slogan and I'm yes. like, you can't expect someone else to give you self-esteem. That is why it's self-esteem. You can't rely on your partner to give you all your self-love. You have itself, self, self, self. self. Yeah. The more that you're looking after yourself and nurturing yourself, the less you're going to kind of like need from them on that part. You yes. shouldn't be relying on them to make you feel good about yourself they should yes. be complimenting that yes so talking that love language to yourself so if it's quality time that is like i've got my moment of quiet meditation maybe that's why when we were talking you were saying like i don't want to shop but if your love language yes. is gifts maybe you want to go buy something nice for yourself but if it's quality time you want to curl up with a good book or a nice movie and just sit and be quiet you know yeah um So yeah, I think that's, that's super, super helpful too, Um, just in all the ways. Other fun fact before we get off of (laughs) the five love language, like amazingness is there's also, if you go on his website, there are five apology languages. And that was a big game changer for us as to what, I, I guess it never really occurred to me that for apologies, we have different, yeah. some people are just happy to hear like the, I'm sorry. Yes. Or the, I
0: apologize.
1: Yeah. Some people like you to like repent or do something to make up mm-hmm. for it. Um, I'm a very big one. I I, I forget exactly what the, the term was for me, but it was like, I need that accountability. I need you to be able to explain to me how it's never going to happen again, or it doesn't feel good for me, which is an interesting thing to know that this is what you need to get past conflict too, and what they need.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. So, okay. So I'm going to put this in the show notes for all the listeners, five love languages, and I'm going to look out the apologies because that is something new and I am fascinated um, because that will also be helpful for uh, my husband and I, when we are having a disagreement or a conversation and there's an apology that is felt like that is needed. So I am super curious. So thank you for that additional yes. bonus tip. Okay. Amira,
1: one more tip for spark. Let's what you got. I've got it. So my big one is, is to count your blessings mm. come from that attitude of gratitude. And this started for me, um, I guess it was the end of 2019. My husband and I were out for a hike and I was like, oh, let's reflect on this year that we had together and talk about all the amazing moments that we had and yada, yada, yada. I had really fun, big, romantic expectations, right? So we go out walking, we remember nothing. No things we have nothing to talk about. And it's like, I know that we had good times. Like all in all, I feel really good in our relationship, but nothing was coming to mind. Then it occurred to me that like a lot of our life happens in little tiny moments. Mm -hmm. And especially when you do have a good, healthy relationship, you don't have these explosive ups and downs most of the time. Right. So I came up with my little fishbowl idea. So this is my thing that I've, I've tried to do so that I will now remember. When I feel like really great about our relationship, something happens and I feel good. Even like a little good, a lot of good, whatever. Just I just kidding. write it down on a post-it note and I fold it up and I throw it in the fishbowl. And then at the end of the year, we can go through it or on your anniversary, you can go through it. Mm -hmm. The other thing I do sometimes is when I am very annoyed Uh or angry with him, uh, I can also revisit that fishbowl and open up a couple things. And remember, he's not the big, huge jerk I'm thinking he is right now. Um, Yes. Coming from that gratitude and remembering how much you appreciate them, it's going to make, you know, it's going to make us feel better about our relationship. And um, also, you know, it's good for them to hear too. And ideally you guys are sharing your fishbowl and they're contributing, but then that way, when you get to reflecting back on your memories, now you're a journaler, I am not. So You could always flip through your journal and kind of look at things, but I like the idea of looking at this little bowl of memories that we're acquiring over the year. So I thought that was really fun. And I love that too, because
0: it's a visual, Mm -hmm. it's a visual reminder of, of how great things are. And that was a conversation that um, Pete and I had just a couple of weeks ago, Um, uh, reflecting, like just at dinner chatting and taking the time to reflect because he prior to the pandemic, his work schedule was very crazy. And it has been for 10 years that he's been at this job. And that was where a lot of the struggle lied is that I, he had this crazy work schedule. I felt like I was doing it all alone. And like you had said earlier, don't expect your partner to do the self love and self care for you. That's something you have to do for yourself, but I was expecting that of Pete, and so we were just talking now. For he's been home um, with my girls and me for over a year straight now, <laughs> which is
1: probably another <laughs> transition. <the> <laughs> but that was probably another transition at first, right? A little yes. jarring. <laughs> yes, and so um, uh, which is funny because before
0: the pandemic, he was like, "I have to be in the office. It's uh, it's too hard for me to get work done at home. I have to be in the office." and uh so I'm like, okay. And now that he's home, he was like, actually I can get more work done at home than I thought I could. So he's only been in the office maybe five or six times in the past year. Um, and so taking time to reflect and it was like, wow, like our relationship is more strong and solid than we realized because we've been together for over a year now and we've had a few bumps in the road, but nothing catastrophic. And, um, and we felt really good about that. Cause You know, the pandemic has been a make or break it for some relationships, being together for that huge amount of time with no break from one another and managing kids and the animals and all the things that, you know, they're not necessarily used to managing or you're not used to necessarily used to managing if you're not used to being home all the time. So um, yeah, the fishbowl idea is great because it gives the visual and it allows you both to contribute. So that way you can see that it is actually a two-way street.
1: Yeah. And it can just be like, you know, we had a really fun conversation or, you know, like we saw our kids do something like stupid and we just laughed till we cried for whatever, (laughs) you know, just like those nice little moments that are, they're so amazing, but you can forget them very easily because they're like small. And then of course, like, uh, you know, every couple has their big defining moments. Those yes. are nice to remember too. But yeah, the little ones, um, I think those are the best ones. Yes. The things that they, they do are when actually- it's not your birthday, you know? Yes.
0: Yes, because on some level, those have maybe just a little bit more meaning than the other ones because it's like more random. It's more spontaneous. And on some level, maybe it's a little bit more heartfelt. So not to minimize the big things, but sometimes it's the little things too. There's one of my favorite quotes and I can never remember it, but it's like basically saying it's not the big things that matter in life. It's actually the small things that matter.
1: Yeah, they add up and they make your big things bigger. Yeah. So even those little five, 10 minute conversations, like I was saying earlier, You take those and you add them up and they're great. And then you know what? If you do like your parents take the kids for the first night ever, your, your like date night is so much better because it's not a blind date, which is what can really happen if we just wait for these moments or, oh my gosh, when the kids are grown, right? Yeah. There's so many people that are like, well, if we just wait until our children don't need us anymore. Yes. Then we'll do other things. Well, newsflash: your kids are always going to need you. First of yes. all, and second of yes. all, you can't ignore a relationship for twenty years and then yes. think you're going to pick it up or right where you started.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so, in doing that, you know that allows opportunity for the relationship to grow apart rather than for the two to still continue to grow together. Yes. So, um, this has been amazing. These tips are phenomenal. Amira, thank you so much for sharing them with me and my, and my listeners. Cause um, I feel like I take away things too and have my like little light bulb moments. Um, so it's been fantastic. Thank and I will um, of course, and I'm sure you can come back. Cause I'm sure there's plenty more that we can chat about.
1: Oh, I'd love to anytime. <laughs> okay, cool. It's a date. Yay. I love a date. I'm putting it on my calendar, right? Uh, Oh, I made the calendar. I feel so special. (laughs) You definitely, you always make the
0: calendar. (laughs) Oh, thanks. You too, Amira. So I will put um, any social media handles in the show notes so that everyone, if they want to connect, they can just hit you right up on social media or whatever way is the easiest for them. Sounds great.
1: Are you a Facebook girl and Instagram girl? I am. I'm mostly Facebook. I try to be Instagram. I'm not a picture taking person though. So maybe don't even look at my Instagram. It's embarrassing. Like I never put anything up there.
0: Okay. So Facebook is probably the way to go. Facebook's the way to
1: go. Okay. Facebook it is. So,
0: um, I will put your Facebook handle in the show notes and, um, any other information that you have, like I know um Pure Romance gives you a website. Yeah. But um do you have a blog or anything? Like if they wanted to contact you directly, like with an email address, or do you just prefer like a Facebook message?
1: I will give you all my things, my contact things. You can message okay. me on Facebook. You can also join um my VIP group. I have Ooh. on Facebook. So I like to have a lot of fun content in there about relationships and self-care and all of that sort of stuff, so.
0: Awesome, so that ladies is the go-to spot for more from Amira. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, (laughs) so um, if you found this episode helpful today, please be sure to share it with a friend and leave a review. And I hope that we will see you again next week. And just one final thank you and shout out to Amira for taking the time to join us. It's been a pleasure and I love chatting with you and um, I can't wait to have our next conversation. So thank you and have a good week. And I will tune back in with all of you, one of a kind new listeners next Wednesday.